Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. How's it going, everybody? This is Brazuca Sounds. Welcome. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm there as Brazuca Sounds, a playlist on Spotify. Also, with all the songs I ever played on this show here, Brazuca Sounds soundtrack. We're going to finish this year with one of the best albums of the year, 1973. It's like we live in a time machine here, right? All those lists at the end of the year, but instead of this year, we're going to go back 50 years in time. During this entire 2023, I already did many specials about albums released in that year. João Donato, King and King, Marcos Valle, Previsão do Tempo, Tom Jobim, Matita Pere, Gal Costas, India. The last episode was Secos e Molhados and How Seixas, and many other great artists released albums in that year. Caetano Veloso, Tim Maia, Jorge Ben. But we're gonna go a little bit differently. We're gonna go with the most obscure or underrated records of 1973, the year that reinvented MPB. There was a lot of new experimental albums being released in that year. They were a little overlooked at the time, they still are. Vou cantar no canto de primeiro as coisas lá da minha modernais. Quem me fizer errante violeiro. Falo sério e não é vadiais E pra você que agora está me ouvindo Juro até pelo santo menino Fiz Maria que ouve o que eu digo Se for mentira me manda um castigo Ah, pois pra o cantador e violeiro Só há três coisas nesse mundo So this is the Elomar debut album Das Barrancas do Rio Gavião The back over there is like a text presentation by none other than Vinicius de Moraes So Elomar had a lot of fans among the big artists in Brazil This is 12 songs and his music is basically inspired by the Troubadour, right? It is basically Elomar and his guitar telling stories He is from Bahia, uh, from the countryside, and unlike his Tropicalia contemporaries, Caetano, Gil, Tom, Zé, his music is astounding, rustic, rural, rudimentary, almost, like this on the background, it's probably the most famous one, it's called O Violeiro, The Guitar Man. Viola, forria, amor, dinheiro, não, meaning guitar, liberation, love, money, not. And he actually used this slightly bad grammar. Uh, is a, actually an inspiration for Caetano and his song Beleza Pura. There is a direct reference in Caetano's song. Dinheiro, não. A pele escura, dinheiro não. And this uh, colloquialism that he sings that makes it kind of genius, right? Which is a little harder to get it if you do not speak the language. There's a lot of longing and nostalgia. And still, there's a lot to appreciate just the way he plays the guitar too. The album is just Elomar poems and his instrument all the songs written by him 
pela estrada enluarada, tanta gente a retirar, levando só necessidade. So this entire album here is everything about his homeland, the northeast, the countryside, farms, deserts, the lack of infrastructure, the northeast, it is the poorer part of Brazil. Uh, in the late 70s, this album here was already perceived with a cult status. So little was its distribution when released in 1973. There are not many articles from the time. I was only able to find one from Jornal do Brasil, where the headline translated into English is Elomar, caressing songs and goats. He was actually kind of a goat herder in his homeland there. He used to have about 400 goats. Very interesting background. Elomar was also an architect. When he released this record, he actually worked as the, as the urbanism director of his hometown, Vitória da Conquista. Architect, goat herder, musician. So much so that his second album was only released in 1979. But this It is his masterpiece. Record here is called Satva by this duo, Lula Cortes. And Laílson, very instrumental with small incursions of vocals. And the back of the album says it all. This is, quote-unquote, the magical products of the minds and fingers of Laílson and Lula. Lula Cortes, he basically plays with a Moroccan sitar from an excursion that he had in Africa. He didn't know how to play the instrument, which makes even more interesting. Like, he's basically experimenting and trying to find different melodies and chords. Uh, Laílson, his partner, he's playing the 12-string guitar, also makes very interesting. The album was produced by the duo. So the record here, Sattva, it is a pioneer in a independent album in Brazil, uh, like I said, super instrumental, because it is entirely ad lib. Uh, Sattva, who, according to the duo, was an Indian divinity, but the speculation it was actually a reference to cannabis. Scientific name, Cannabis Sattva. called Valsa dos Cogumelos, the Mushrooms Waltz, named a book about the psychedelic scene from Recife. It is actually great. So they were from Recife, right, the northeast of the country. Six months later, 
Lula and Laiuso, they got together with this other poet from that same scene, Marconi Notaro, and they released this fabulous album, also released in 1973. All these were reissued by the Mr. Bongo record label because they have the rights of all the albums from the Rosenbleach record label, this very independent from Recife, and obviously later on, Lula Cortes got together with Zé Ramalho to release the seminal Pae Biru, but that is a different story, and the story that we're gonna keep telling here is also psychedelic, but way more soft. <laughs> So this is Guilherme Lamonier, this is his debut album, and there are some seriously heavy acid rock touches here in this album, definitely worth checking out. All the songs were co-written with Tiberio Gaspar, super famous by his songs Samarina from Wilson Simonal and BR3 from Tony Tornado. Guilherme Lamonier is more or less in that same spectrum as Os Mutantes, this soft life psychedelia. This is a little, this album was recorded in a radio station in Sao Paulo with the participation of a lot of musicians there we already know from other records. Wagner Tiso, for instance, on Synthetizer, he's from the band Som Imaginário. Lenny Gordon, the unsung guitar hero from Brazil, is also present here. He actually passed away very, very recently. Rest in peace, Lenny Gordon. So, Guilherme himself, playing guitar and piano, he was surrounded by great, great musicians for this album here. This song here, there's a cultural interesting background because it's called Relevo en GB, GB. It is an acronym for Guanabara, which was a state of Brazil from 1960 to 1975 a state created by the military regime, which included the city of Rio de Janeiro. When Rio de Janeiro was no longer the capital of Brazil, when they transferred to Brasilia, the military regime decided to create the state, which was named after the Guanabara Bay, very, very famous bridge in Rio de Janeiro connecting the cities of Rio and Niterói. Like all the other records here, was a little bit uh, overlooked at the time, but it's a super cool album uh, with this, as I said, live, psychedelic, uh, groovy folk, MPB, all mixed together. Guilherme Lamonier, he passed away in the year 2018 at the age of 67 years old due to health complications. And this LP here, the original form, is very, very rare. It is not for less than 3,000 reais, which is more or less a thousand US dollars. 
it was reissued though, so it's kind of easy to find a more affordable price out there. Brazooka Sounds is starting a paid subscription option, so access now at patreon.com slash Sounds to get all the details. We will always continue sharing a free monthly episode. Nothing is going to change there. However, a paid subscription will be available soon with short bonus episodes focused on songs only, musical and lyrical analyses, cultural and historical context. There are two songs published for free on Patreon, just to give you a taste of what you will be paying for. If you're not in a place to support financially, join with a free membership to receive all Brazooka Sound updates in your inbox. So access now at patreon.com slash Brazooka Sounds to get all the details. Estimo, não vivo contigo Sou santo, sou franco Enquanto não caio no umbrigo Me amarro, me encarro na sua Mas estou pra estourar This is Luiz Melodia Also born and raised in Rio de Janeiro Melodia is melody in Portuguese And Melodia was also involved with all those artists coming from Bahia. And that's how he met Gal Costa in the first place. He became one of her favorite composers in her very famous live album Fatal, the song Perla Negra. And shortly after, it was time for Maria Bethânia also record the song from Luis Melodia. It was like the two were kind of competing for the best songs written uh, by the best new songs writers in town, so to speak, and then Luis Melodia recorded himself those two songs, Perla Negra and Estacio Holy Estacio, in his debut album, like anthological Perla Negra. Tente passar pelo que estou passando Tente apagar este teu novo engano Tente me amar, pois estou te amando And it's really a mix of MPB, right? The Brazilian popular music, rock, blues, soul, samba, and something very important. We, and we cannot forget, Luis Melody was only 22, so he was like a prodigy at the time. It's funny also that he didn't play any instruments on the record, not even his guitar. He was a very good guitar player, but he said humbly there were people that could play much better than he did. So his contributions to the record was, of course, the lyrics, and he sang, of course, in all those songs from Perla Negra, but the album did not sell at all, and Luis Melodia was dropped from the music label. <laughs> G 
idea career uh, never took off as he planned. He was always stigmatized as difficult to work with. But also musically, Luis Melodia's songs don't have chorus. He didn't like it, so it was like his own language as a poet. Very unorthodox. I would definitely recommend to try and listen to his debut album from 1973. Palavras 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 Eu já não aguento mais Palavras Palavras So this is the great Gonzaguinha, his Luis Gonzaga's son, right, the king of Bayonne. Uh, and every song here was written by himself, Gonzaguinha. Uh, this was the heyday of Brazilian detectorship, 1973. That was during the tenants of General Medici from 69 to 74. That was the worst, right? We have many bad military men on command, but Medici was definitely the worst of it all, and this entire record is refined with criticisms to the regime, so many metaphors going on here, and although this is Gonzaguinha's debut, he was writing songs for a decade at that point, he was a constant presence on TV, especially the show hosted by Ivan Lins and Elise Regina, and nothing less than 54 songs censored before he was able to find the 10 to complete this album here. And there's this sense of bitterness in every song, not only his antagonism against sociopolitical situation of the country, but also this troubled relationship with his father. Until today, by the way, there's a lot of rumors that it's not precise that Luis Gonzaga was sure his father, but he has this, like, absolutely melancholic and, as I said, bitterness. Você deve notar que não tem mais tutu e dizer que não está preocupado. Você deve lutar pela chepa da feira e dizer que está recompensado Você deve estampar sempre um ar de alegria E dizer que tudo tem melhorado So what he's singing here is like something You should demonstrate your joy And say that everything is getting better You should pray for your boss even though pretending that you're not unemployed. So this is like a ferocious critic uh, about the military regime, that everybody should pretend that everything was going okay in the country. This is the most famous on the album, by the way, Comportamento Geral. So quite a few melancholic sambas on this record here with this sparse percussion uh, arrangements here by the legendary sax player uh, J.T. Meirelles, famous for his partnership with Jorge Ben debut album. So it's very minimalist to emphasize voice in lyrics. Even though this song here is like enticed into metaphors, 
with the great repercussion of the song, the censorship determined that the album could not be commercialized any longer. They finally realized what this guy was singing about, so it was completely taken out of the shelves in Brazil in 1973, was only reissued again in the year 1980. So this record here is very versatile, as I said. There's a lot of rocks, boleros, sambas, ace jazz even. I super do recommend for fans of Clube da Esquina, Gonzaguinha, he passed away very early in life, in the year 1991, in, in a car accident. And a little later than 73, actually, had many big hits. This is Tom Zé and his album Todos Os Olhos. This song has already this like very weird samba. There's like a 12 string guitar here. The absurdist lyrics, obviously, with his like trademark. There's even like a cavaquinho here that's electrified, something that many people start to experiment at the time. Obviously, cavaquinho is like a, an acoustic instrument, mostly for sambas and the carnival parades. Uh, as I said, li lyrics were very much so absurd. So if Tropicalia was dead in 1973, Tonzer was making his best possible to keep it alive. He just switched his experimentation from rock to samba, became like a psychedelic samba, more or less. Augusta, graças a Deus, graças a Deus, entre você e a Angélica, eu encontrei a consolação que veio olhar por mim e me deu a mão. Augusta. Augusta Angélica, Consolação, one of the best songs in Brazilian music history. Augusta and Angélica are female names, but also name of São Paulo streets. And in between these two long avenues, there is Consolação Street. So between Angélica and Augusta, there is Consolation. It's a big play of words to the fullest absolutely genius. Not only you need to understand a little bit of Portuguese, but actually be from Sao Paulo to understand it better. And I know exactly the geographic spot that he's talking about because I lived for six months at Angelica Avenue. The song always put a smile on my face. Entre você e a Angelica, 
So he mentioned here Largo dos Aflitos, Estação da Luz, many places in Sao Paulo. Then I went to live at the Station of Light because everything was dark inside my heart. So it kind of makes no sense in English, but he is actually like making that connection because dark and the station of light, the Estação da Luz. So there's a lot of analogisms, surrealism, absurdism. Escuro, dentro do meu coração, eu fui morar. Eu fui morar na Estação da Luz. Tonzé being Tonzé, he decided to go for a very controversial album cover. The name of the record is Todos os Olhos, All the Eyes. But instead of just photographing some kind of an eye, he decided to do something else. And that's gonna sound weird from now on, but the expression for asshole in Portuguese, and I really mean the RFS, it is Olho do Cu, meaning the eye of the ass. It's a very popular and understandable expression in Portuguese. So, todos os olhos mean all the eyes, right? The one that we see, but the eye down there, the orifice. And if that is already not weird enough for a foreigner to understand, the album cover of this record, many people for many years really thought there was a marble inside the orifice, right? If you don't know this album cover, go there and look it up immediately. Like they actually tried to do it many times, two different situations. According to the photographer, the result was never quite good. It was very obvious they were putting an ar a marble inside the asshole. And so they decided to change it and just put a marble inside the mouth of a model in the studio. And the mouth of the lady really, because of her lips and whatnot, kind of resemble the results. So not only musically and lyrically, Tonze was pretty much out there, even visually, although he was not exactly like a superstar in Brazil. He was very much so more in the underground scene. Todos os olhos never had the recognition or distribution as he should all the time. And for many, many years, Tonze actually lived in completely obscurity until he was finally rescued, I believe, in the beginning of the 2000s by Dave DeBurne and his record label. Sou da madrugada, vejo a passarada, faço patucada, gosto de samba. Sei do meu defeito, mas tenho direito de viver cantando até o sol raiar. Now we're gonna talk about Vando. His name starts with a W, so people might say Wendo, but in Brazil we say Vando. This is his first LP from 1973. The title is Deus no Céu e Samba na Terra. God in Heaven, Samba on Earth. Vando was very mixed though with the MPB and other music genres as well, especially the Samba Rock. His songs 
It is very focused on the guitar, sometimes acoustically, sometimes the electric guitar. Vando is from that same group where Bebeto, Pau Brasil, Marcu and many other artists were also doing in the 1970s. And he was a very requested samba songwriter. He wrote songs for names like Jair Rodrigues, Originais do Samba. So this year was the first time he was releasing a record as a singer. There is an article there where the writer says that it's quote-unquote not easy to write about a new singer, but when it's an album from this level it becomes very simple. This one of the best songwriters of these times now demonstrating that he can also sing. So from the get-go, Vando was very respected among music critics. see these super modern arrangements like the wah-wah guitar, a bunch of synthesizers which were absolutely uncommon and unprecedented in samba songs, right? In samba albums more specifically and that was a great year actually for samba makers especially from the more roots samba we have records from Paulinho da Viola, Martinho da Vila, Nelson Cavaquinho, Clementina de Jesus all 73 if you're very interested but the exactly point of Vando here he was just not roots samba right he was really mixing it up with other music genres that what he was so unique at the time So this is a song called O Ferroviário, kind of a James Bond vibe, very cinematic. Until now, when the song really, really switched to the most appropriate tune of the record, the samba songs. So, Vando's entire discography in the 1970s are just superb until obviously he switched completely to a romantic balladeer in the 1980s. Vando is a big sellout, as we say. This cool Vando here sold no record, so the corny Vando was a mainstream singer in Brazil. If you ask people in Brazil about these records from the 1970s, 
probably almost nobody knows about it other than the music nerds like people listen to this podcast and myself. So this is Marco Hibas. All the ingredients of what will be labeled later as Samba Rock are on this song, Orange Lady. It is the name, this dominant guitar, this swing percussion, this red-hot horn section. Everything here is so fantastic. It's from his debut record from 1973. It is a self-titled uh, record, but a lot of people confuse and they think the album is named Underground, very prominent on the album cover, but that is actually the record label, which by the way, I did an entire podcast about it as well, that particular record label, it is the episode 9 of Brazuca Sounds, so a couple of years ago, he recorded two albums for the Underground record label, by the way, if you're interested in two check it out, the back catalog of Brazuca Sounds, the episode 30. I also talk a little bit about Marco and his involvement with the samba rock scene. And this record here, he actually recorded when he was in vacation in Brazil. Uh, Marco used to live in France, then he moved to Martinique, the island in the Caribbean island. And the arrangements of this record here were made by Maestro Erlon Chavez. So it is samba rock, but with many other elements, especially elements from the Afro-Brazilian religions. So this song here is very attached to the Afro-Brazilian religions. And as you see, the song is super percussive, big blend of samba, funk, soul, jazz. But Marco was also very much so a MPB artist. He could go very acoustically when he wanted to, more folk, more laid back. So Marco was also a multi-instrumentalist. He played the guitar, obviously, a lot of percussion instruments, but also the flute, like we hear in the background of this song here, Porto Seguro. There's a big picture of Marco playing the flute inside the gatefold of the record, way before hip-hop artists decided that playing the flute was cool. This song, by the way, is very prominent in the French movie Four Nights of a Dreamer, Quatre Nuits d'un Rêve, uh, by Robert Bresson. Marco 
appears playing the song in the movie with his band. Like a very different version though, more acoustic than this one. It is a beautiful scene in the movie, the couple that are the lead characters observing this boat passing by the Seine River during the night, the night of a dreamer. Uh, the movie is from before the album, it's from 1971, so Marcou and his band at the time, Batuki, they were credited with the soundtrack of the movie. And like I said, in different opportunities, can I repeat here, Marcou was a very obscure artist in Brazil in the 1970s until the DJs finally rediscovered his work in the 2000s, more or less. It happens a lot with many Brazilian artists, right? And if you're talking about artists, they were rediscovered. It is exactly the case of this trio from Bahia, Os Cincoas. So this is Austin Coas album released in 1973 by the Odeon record label. They were a trio, Mateus Aleluia, Heraldo e Dadinho. And the entire framework of this album here is very much so related to Brazilian music and Brazilian folklore. But the songs are all originated from the Candomblé and Umbanda Afro-religions. So many of these songs... It is the case of this one on the background, Obulae. The entire record is based only on four instruments. The acoustic guitar, the agogo, atabaki, and the kabaza. Agogo is this sort of cowbell. Agogo means bell in the Yoruba language. Atabaki, very popular in Bahia, is a tall wooden hand drum, uh, similar to conga in Latin America, and cabasa is a steel cylinder shaker. So, all acoustic instruments then, there's nothing plugged in this album here. Album cover also super, super iconic. It is these three guys topless on the beach wearing the religious necklace. Also very interesting about this album here, it is that it was produced by Maestro Lindolfo Gaia, top five producers of the history of Brazil. Austin Coas went to release two other records in the 1970s until they went on a trip to Angola and decided not to come back simply. So the band kind of split up right there. on New York Times earlier this year about the band Os Cinco Us, and Mateus Aleluia says there 
uh, that the band really realized that there was a lot in common between Africa on this side and Africa on that side, meaning the Brazil part of Africa, right, with all the slaves that came directly from the old continent. But he also makes a point of saying in this interview for the New York Times that the difference, it was the way Brazilians relate to the religion. That's why we linked the Afro with the Baroque in the Tinkoas songs. That was the actual quote. It's one of those records that is not like extremely hard to find the original copy, but they are normally very costly. And we're gonna finish it off our episode of Brazuca Sounds today, paying tribute to the great Cassiano. So Cassiano is a name that pretty much a lot of people that like funk and soul outside Brazil know these days. He was very, very attached to Tim Maia discography as well as a musician and also as a songwriter. But in the 1970s, Cassiano was not very popular. He was bouncing around all these different record labels. He was quote-unquote, a difficult man. He was never wanted to just, like, to be put in a box by these record labels. So, 1973 is his second record. Presentamos Nosso Cassiano. Kind of a weird translates as presenting Cassiano. And this was not his first records to present nobody. Uh, and you can see in the backgrounds this psychedelic soul Every song has a different turn at some point. He was like Cassiano refused to follow any conventional path in his songs. There are some songs here. There's even this a little bit of a gospel vibe, some progressive gospel vibe that many people consider even superior to that uh, rationale phase of Tim Maia. Deus quiser amanhã verei o meu amor algo me diz que amanhã this is literally the Cassiano least popular record probably his follow-up Cuban Soul 18 Kilides is probably the most famous one because of all the samples uh, and why not but I gotta say this record he is probably my favorite record ever released by Cassiano he passed away unfortunately last year with complications with COVID and that's the end of Brazuca Sounds today thank you very much guys for listening to during this entire year as you probably heard in the middle of the show here next year I starting also like a pay subscription option you can just go there at patreon.com slash Brazuca Sounds to find all the details but if you also cannot support financially that's all good we're all here to share the love thank you very much happy holidays everybody until next year Talvez, minha amor, 
This was Brazooka Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.